that which we call substance and reality is shadow and illusion. And that which we call shadow and illusion is substance and reality. H.P. Lovecraft, The Dreams in the Witch House. We begin 1920, and you have all been summoned to speak to Dean Bryce Fallon at the Miskatonic University. He's the head of faculty. And it's it's a bright October, late October morning. There's a, a light mist clinging to the city of Arkham. Most of you have been spending some time at the university. Obviously, um, Dr. Duckworth and Mr. Marnie have been here a long time. Dr. Montrose and Dr. Steinweg are on a kind of visit. Actually, Steinweg? Steinweg, um, yeah, that's right. It's very, you're on an exchange as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sabbatical, I'm having a sabbatical year in Arkham, Miskatonic. <laughs> so you find yourself sat in the sort of long, it's like a long gallery kind of, it's a hallway, really, but it's it's got that sort of it's wide. There's there's windows letting in a lot of the light. You're all sat in these rather nice upholstered benches along one wall, where the secretary's asked you to wait. And in your midst, uh, you, you've probably all seen each other around, or you all certainly have the air of academia, except for Mister Marnie, who clearly is the security guard and is in the Miskatonic University uniform, I guess. <laughs> Um, yep. But there's also a figure you, who definitely doesn't belong here, uh, who looks maybe a bit hard-boiled. I don't know what does what does Kirk Sleep look like? Uh, yeah, he looks he looks pretty tough, sort of grizzled. He's got like, like permanent five o'clock shadow. He's got a very like square face, square jaw, um, and like red-rimmed eyes. Uh, to give you an impression of him, he's been sort of self-medicating with caffeine and alcohol for so long that he really sort of can't tell night from day anymore. But he is every inch the classic PI. So yeah, what, what about Dr. Jonas Steinweg? Um, people, what do they see? He is uh, a short, uh, skeletally thin man with a very sharp, pointed beard, uh, circular rimmed glasses, a shock of whitening hair um, that's, that is never uh, I mean it's not Einstein worthy it's not sort of wild like that but it just goes straight up and he can never quite tamp it down Professor Wheatos <laughs> like the Wheatos he, <laughs> he has some nervous habits uh, uh, which once you get to know him a bit will become clearer what they might be um, he did serve during the first few years of the um, First World War uh, in Germany um, uh, however, he left Germany immediately after the war. Uh, well, no, he left Frankfurt immediately after the war. Um, so, yeah, distinguishing features: once handsome, aging. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it, really. Uh, always wears a bow tie and uh, is. Uh, uh, and is always fastidious about his appearance, but his his elbows and knees give a suggestion of worn suits that are about ten years out of date. <laughs> nice. Uh, what about PJ Mahoney, or is it Mahoney or Marnie? I'm never sure. It's Mahoney. Mahoney. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Patrick Joseph Mahoney uh, is the security guard at Arkham University. He's been there for. Uh, around uh, 20 years or so um, ever since he retired from the, the force he was a, a, a beat cop in in Arkham um, he was injured in the line of duty and he doesn't like to talk about it um, and uh, walks with a sw- slight limp um, he's married has uh, several children several grandchildren which uh, he he is very proud of and uh, tends to kind of ramble on about if given half uh, half a chance um he is is around five foot nine in in height although he's slightly stooped um he's in his early 60s and uh he's got uh, slightly bow bow legged as well um and uh he does, as I say, he walks, walks with a slight limp, but um, if, uh, 
If anybody suggests that he uses his cane or his walking stick, um, he point blank refuses to do so. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> I can get him around on my own two feet. I don't need a stick. Oh, jeez. Yeah. God damn it. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's yeah, and he's got. Um, a, a still thick but grey head of hair. He's rather proud of the fact that he hasn't lost his hair as he's got older. Um, and uh, yeah, his, his hobbies uh, involve uh, sitting on his uh, rocking chair on the stoop outside his house, uh, reading the paper or, um, and, or having a smoke. Um, and uh, occasionally he, he likes to play chess as well. He's not particularly good at it, but he's getting better. He's getting better. I'm learning, I'm learning how the... the the little horse guy, horsey guy moves. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what about Dr. Althea Montrose? Dr. Althea Montrose is uh, in her late 40s. She looks like quite a well-preserved woman. Uh, a fairly slight figure as she walks in uh, with something of a lump. She's got a fine-looking cane. Those of you may... Uh, or some of you may have heard a few little um, snippets about Dr. Montrose uh, and her presence at the Miskatonic. She is the uh, senior librarian in charge of the historical reference section in the, the Mitchell Library in Glasgow. And she is on some sort of six-month exchange with uh, one of her colleagues at the Miskatonic uh, University Library here. You may have heard one or two racy stories. She was involved in the uh, women's suffrage movement in the early part of the century. And um, supposedly that's how she got her lump in some sort of scrape. And uh, she's uh, a proud member of the Women's Institute and um, sympathetic with um, the Red Clyde Cider movement. John McLean and others. This is in the aftermath of uh, a great deal of unrest over the pond in Glasgow. And uh, that's the reputation that she comes from. Um, perhaps we wouldn't like to use the phrase doesn't suffer fools gladly, but she has a certain something about her that is behind her smile that, you know, maybe you, you don't want to find out about. But very well read and knowledgeable by all accounts. That's Dr. Montrose. Good morning, Jen. <laughs> and finally, and possibly most disturbingly, there is a man with a porcelain face. Yeah. With a porcelain um, face. So, I mean, like, PJ will probably know who I am and have seen me around. I don't think anyone who's even glanced at me will probably know, remember it. Um, yeah, he's got sort of... Quite memorable, uh, he's, probably. He's very tall, not particularly well-built, but very tall and uh, very straight, you know, very, you know, stiff up back and everything... He has a very basic, plain, neutral porcelain mask tied with a ribbon around the back of his head, um, covering his whole face, and sort of black hair, quite long, slicked back with a streak of grey in it. Um, he wears a cravat, but if he sort of ever looks up, you notice that there's scarring underneath the mask as well. Um, sort of a maroon coat, um, a cane with a silver topped handle. It's very sort of... Um, proper and well-to-do, but um, anyone who speaks to him knows that he's quite softly spoken and quite seems quite kind. Um, of course, not many people speak to him unless they have to, because he's not exactly a, an approachable figure, um, perhaps. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It was a very unfortunate bear attack. I think uh, some sort of bear or wolf or cougar. Uh, who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> An opossum. <laughs> Scratch. <laughs> The Apocalypse Players present Crimson Letters A Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition Scenario by Alan Bly Starring Joseph Chance as Dr. Jonas Steinweg Dannon McAleer as Professor Duckworth Dan Wheeler as Kirk Sleep, P.I. With our special guests, Doug McAndrew as Dr. Althea Montrose and Mike Percival Maxwell 
as PJ Mahoney. The keeper of arcane law is Dominic Allen. Chapter One Through the Looking Glass. You're all waiting in this in this sort of lobby, and and um, as you sort of take each other in before you get a chance to speak, uh, a young woman uh, steps out of a set of double doors at the end of the corridor that has a brass plaque that says uh, Bryce Fallon, Dean, Head of Faculty. And um, she puts her head out and she says, Ah, um, Professor Fallon, we'll see you now. Um, If you'd all like to come through. And she opens, she holds the door open for you. Stand up and let the others go first, I think. Gentlemanly way. (coughs) PJ will kind of raise himself with a little bit of effort from... uh, been sitting a little bit too long in the same place. <laughs> um, I uh, I go up to the the girl who's the woman who's opened the door and say, um, "Excuse me, I uh, I I usually work alone. I, I didn't realize there'd be other investigators on this job. I don't know how comfortable I am with this." Um, well, that's a matter for. You to discuss with Professor Fallon, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm really just the typist. Well, it, it may affect my fee, is all. I'm sure that will be fine. Would you like a soda water? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I'm kind of dry. <laughs> <laughs> she walks over and starts making soda drinks. Um, and as you walk into this, it's a, it's a really nicely appointed office. It's sort of end of the end of the building. It's got... Um, three windows overlooking the, uh, you know, the sort of the grass of the campus outside. The the mist is kind of clinging to the building a bit, so it's a little dim, but he's got the lights on and, and there's like a nice glass chandelier, a big imposing desk, uh, mahogany sort of behemoth that he... He stands up as soon as you come in. Mm, Bryce Fallon is... He's not your typical academic administrator... There's something quite steely about him. He's hard-nosed, no-nonsense. Those of you who work at the university in an academic capacity probably know that he was kind of brought in to balance the books, get things on the straight and narrow, none of this namby-pamby, you know, academic nonsense. He's, he's, he's about getting the, the university squeaky clean and getting down to business. Um, Pencil pusher. Yeah. He considers... He's, he's got this attitude around some of the academic members of staff that his job is to herd them like cats. But he's... Uh, he doesn't make secrets of the fact that he's ex-military either. There's a, there's a photograph of him in military uniform on his desk. Um, and he has that kind of military handshake as he, as he welcomes you in. He's, he's genial, but, um, but firm. Uh, and so whoever comes in first, he, you know... Ah, Dr. Steinweg, welcome. Come in, come in, have a seat. Um, uh, ah, Dr. Montrose. Thank you. Charmed, thank you. Thank you for coming. Morning. Sorry about yes, the sir. short notice. Um, Not at all. Oh, thank you, thank you. Ah, Patrick, good to see you, old boy. Uh, <sighs> take, grab a seat, grab a seat. Um, Dean. Um, thank you. D- Dr. Dr. Duckworth. Um, <clears throat> and, um, ah... And you hey, must be uh, listen, Mr. Sleep. That's right. Hey, listen, Fallon, I uh, I said to your assistant there, I, I usually work alone. I didn't realize there'd be other operatives, investigators on this case. Uh, I, I understand. But um, I, I hope um, you can hear me out, and then maybe you'll understand my thinking in this matter. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll sit and listen, but only because I ain't got nothing better to do. Of course. One could surmise that none of us have anything better to do, in this room or outside of it. <laughs> well, I have plenty better to do when I'm here. <clears throat> oh, but of course you are imposing the moral judgment on a moment in time. Yeah? <laughs> I'm wanting the what-what now. Oh. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Doctor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, sort of, he sort of pats you on the shoulder as he sort of sits you in the seat. <laughs> And then he he sits on the end of his desk, quite informally, and says, um, I'm not going to mince words. Mr. Sleep, I understand that uh, this is perhaps unorthodox in your line of work, but um, the university has an issue that normally would be entirely internal. However, I feel like we need a different kind of expertise in dealing with this. There has been an incident 
as some of you who work at the university will know, one of our history professors, Charles Leiter, uh, passed away very suddenly only a month ago. Less than a month. Actually, a week ago, he says, looking at his notes. Um, uh, and um, I get the same t- time. <laughs> well, uh, a week, a month. It's hard to tell the difference sometimes. When you're ahead of Alan, are you, you know, are you serious about his business? Is it a week or a month? It makes a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a week. It's a week. You've got to understand at Miskatonic University, members of faculty tend to die very <laughs> regularly. Anyway, um, the matter is is not his death. We, we understand that. The problem is what he was about when he died. Mr. Well, Dr. Leiter had taken on a project for the university. There are some papers, uh, the Arkham Witch Trial papers, which passed from uh, the Hobhouse estate to the Cobb family. Uh, the Cobb family, keen to ensure the the proper analysis and study of the papers and presumably to guarantee their veracity, asked the university to look after them for a while, study them, make sure they were the real deal, uh, with the promise that we would then be given the right to um, store them here permanently as a research resource. However, when Dr. Leiter died... It then came to light that the papers are missing. Now, at first I involved um, another history professor, Professor Harland Roach, and uh, he and I went to Leiter's cottage. We've searched his office, we've searched his home, and um, no sign of the papers. Time is running out. The Cobb family are starting to get anxious And I would rather not involve the police. The police have already spoken to us, and and I've had to make excuses. So you understand why I'm approaching a private eye in this matter. Yeah, that now makes a lot of sense. Added to this is uh, a problem that is unique to university campuses, which is politics. Unfortunately, I'm not sure Professor Roach is entirely trustworthy in this matter. I I can't be sure, but I feel like his judgment was clouded by his personal feelings about Leiter. And I can't rely on that. So that's why I've asked Dr. Steinweg and Dr. Duckworth to come on board as um, psychological profilers, shall we say. Uh, And also I feel it's good to have people outside of the history department on this Um. Obviously, Dr. Steinweg is here on an exchange, which is very useful, because while I don't want to involve the actual authorities, I also don't want to tarnish the reputation of Miskatonic University abroad uh, when it comes to research fellowships and um, other alliances. I would hate, I would hate for our reputation to become one of a, uh, an academic institution that tends to lose invaluable documents. And for that same reason, I've asked you, uh, Dr. Montrose, to join us. Um, not only will uh, I, ho- I hope you um, relay to Glasgow our uh, desire for transparency and thoroughness, but also Dr. Montrose is the next best thing to a history professor. She's an expert senior librarian and, and one who I'm sure will be able to offer a, a keen eye when it comes to tracking down these these papers and making sure they are indeed the real papers. Well, most exciting, I must say, Professor Fannin. <laughs> well, I would have dreamed this sort of thing would have been on the cards, but I'm fascinated, so I do go on. Well, I'm glad you're excited. Um... Uh, he says, gripping the desk. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, um, and finally, Mr. Mr. Mahoney is um, yes. a <clears throat> respected member of the security team who um, we felt was the most suitable to um, be pulled away from his otherwise important duties to assist you. I had uh, the experience. <laughs> and importantly, he has the keys. So, um... I do have the keys, yes. 
Although I, I, I feel that my, uh, my, my years on the force uh, and uh, the, uh, uh, the relevant uh, cases that I have uh, worked on in the past, uh, along with my uh, considerable number of years service at Arkham, uh, and an ultimate Miskatonic, uh, g- give me an unenviable uh, uh, insight into uh, the, the mechanical workings uh, that uh, you in the more uh, academic side of things, uh, maybe uh, maybe you don't get to see. Well, you see why he's invaluable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the boiler room. I, I know where the boiler room is. I think you're going to be a, a good a good man to have on board, Mahoney. Were you uh, Boston, Boston PD... Yeah, uh, Boston and uh, and Arkham, yes. Boston, that and is Arkham. correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you know Lewis? Did you know Lewis at Boston PD? Lewis, well, yeah. Captain Lewis, Captain Lewis. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I knew him. Uh, He's a good guy. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, he uh, he has his uh, yeah. He has his uh, he has his uh, yeah yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see you all getting on like a house on fire. Well, I uh, I have nothing further to add, except time is of the essence, and I would like daily reports on your progress. Now, Mr. Sleep, um, these members of faculty, uh, I, I'm telling you now, I will relieve you from your other duties. This is to be considered your number one priority. As for you, Mr. Sleep, feel free to invoice us at the end of the week. Whatever it costs, we need to find those papers. Whatever it costs. Whatever it costs. Understood. Um, but invoice the bursar. Yes. yes. Always, yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah. I have experience of dealing with academic institutions. I know the bursar is a man to contact. Very good. <laughs> yes, if you invoice us at the end of the week, we'll be paying you sometime in the next six to eight months. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> that sounds about right. Do you have any questions? At keep, least? Your, uh, keep your re- receipts, um, Mr. Sleep. Uh, oh, oh. you got to remember oh, to keep Mr. your Mr. Mahoney, I always keep my receipts. Good man, good man. You never know when the word of a priest won't be enough. <laughs> or a private eye. <clears throat> well, my brother's a priest, so... <laughs> Yeah, I bet he is. Dr. Steinberg takes out a small notebook, studying the two men, and starts jotting down notes. <laughs> he even says under his breath, mm, priest, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> uh, Dean, I, I, uh, I, I take it uh, this is all to be on, uh, on the QT, yeah? Um, yes. We, um, sure that, what is QT? Uh, sometimes my English not always perfect. And the hush-hush, you know, on the lowdown. Again, it means... We don't tell anybody. Right, yes, on the hush-hush. It's very nice. (laughs) On the low down to the ground, where your ears are low down and you cannot hear, I understand? Yeah, you've got to keep your ear to the ground to hear what's on the grapevine. Doesn't that also mean that you hear what's said? But that means... Ah, but only uh, only if you've got your wits I will check with you later. Anyway, yes, forgive me, Uh, Dr. I believe what Mr. Mahoney's saying is keep your ears open and your mouth shut. I do not wish to speak for um, the the good um, Mr. Duckworth, Mr. Duckworth, Professor Duckworth. Yes. But uh, obviously, he and I have sworn confidentiality regarding this matter, um, as has been asked of us. And you can count on us not to squeak. I uh, I do have a question about this uh, Duckworth fellow. Hey, you, uh, Duckworth. What um? What's this with the What's this with the mask? You know, I don't normally trust a guy whose face I can't see. The Dean tenses <laughs> visibly. I could remove it if you'd prefer, if it would yeah. make you more comfortable, but I warn you, I am missing the greater part of my face due to a, a bear attack some years ago. Well, you know, I, maybe maybe you leave it on then. Sometimes uh, I, I, I just recently had breakfast. I don't want to see it again, so that's enough for me, but... And um, do any of you have any questions about the case? I, I do, if you don't mind, uh, Fallon. So it strikes me that this Holland Roach character is... Uh, as soon as you said his name, I thought, Roach, cockroach. <laughs> Can't trust the guy, right? And uh, you, I mean, search, I- you search the cottage with him. You, you think maybe he could have lifted something? Mm. I, this is 
This is a guy who might maybe uh, squeal if tough guy with a blackjack would spend half an hour with him. Uh, Mr. Sleep, I, 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 I don't think it will come to that. Well, would, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see whether it comes to I, that. I, w- I would ask you to exercise uh, restraint. And um, as for Dr. Roach, I, uh, I'm not accusing him of anything. I just feel that he is not appropriate for the case, given his personal rivalry with Dr. Leiter. you got, you got to understand, Mr. Sleep, um, the, Professor Roach and, uh, and Dr. Leiter, they got history. Uh, they, they're in the same department. There's a... Uh, you know, you know how it is uh, with uh, one-upmanship and seniority and pecking order and professional uh, rivalry is a strong motive for a lot of crimes. I understand. I have a question. I uh, I trust Professor that I will be given full access to the work of Professor later. Uh, important to get a sense of precisely what he was doing and. Uh, where his work was going to better inform investigations, I will do my best for you until some more qualified man perhaps turns up. Uh, well, um, I can assure you that uh, of the um, gentlemen on this investigation, you are certainly the most qualified to handle uh, Dr. Leiter's paperwork. Um, I, like I say... I relied on Dr. Roach's expertise when we searched his office and his house. Um, But indeed, if you go to his office, I'm sure his assistant will help you uh, furnish you with whatever you need. Um, Certainly, my name should carry some weight if you you find any resistance in academic circles. Um, And if it's insurmountable, then by all means let me know and I shall um, lean on the individual in question. Oh, I shall. I shall. Thank you. Uh, Dean, rem- r- remind me again. I, I, I had it in, in my head, but it slipped my mind. What's the, the assistant's name again? Emilia Court. Oh, that's right. Emilia. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's I, a postgrad, I think. Yes, yes, yes. She's a sweet, uh, sweet young thing. Yeah, yes. Very pretty. Red hair. Is yeah, that right? Uh, blonde, I think. Blonde. Oh yes, yes. No, I'm. I know who I'm. I'm thinking of. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, she sounds like a real name. Maybe I should uh, go and speak to her. This is Professor Later's assistant, or uh... that's correct. Yes. So you searched his uh, cottage, his home. Uh, presumably, uh, he has uh, an office here at the university, which was thoroughly searched as well. Is it worth us uh, spending a bit of time in there? Seeing as any any evidence has maybe missed. We are welcome to have a look. I hadn't seen Mr. Leiter for some time before his uh, disappearance, his death. Um, were there anything noted about his uh, activities that seemed odd? Was he acting more anxious than usual, erratically? Uh, no, I, um, I'm, I'm afraid I, I can't comment. I... I... I was never that close to Dr. Leiter. I only knew him. I I don't know if I missed this, but precisely how was he killed? Or how did he die? Perhaps I'm being somewhat presumptuous, but maybe not. Uh, The man had a heart attack. Don't you read the papers? A heart attack? I see. That's correct. It was a heart attack. And where was he found again? In his office. By Miss Court. Yes, I thought so. Oh, cool. Poor guy. Poor guy. Did you find a journal of any sorts in his uh, effects? <laughs> uh, I can't say that I, I did. I, I don't recall. And 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 your description of um, was it, uh, Doctor Roach? You you were concerned that you are not, that he may have some interests in that make him biased in some way. Well, they are both senior lecturers in the history department were senior lecturers in the history department Um, but Leiter was younger and more popular and was further on his way to tenure also yeah don't beat around uh, around the the bush uh, Dean (laughs) Roach was uh, after Leiter's job he thought he should have been the head of the department and not lighter. He was older. He had more, more, more experience. He, um, I, I tell you, the, the guy never shut up about it. 
So, you, to remind us again about the uh, the age of these two characters. Was, uh, you know, Lighter, he was a young man? Well, he was in his 40s. Oh, so that's a young man to have a heart attack. Indeed. Hmm. Um, and uh, is, there a, is there a coroner's report? Definitely was a heart attack? Uh, the coroner is preparing a report. We, we've, um, he, he has already given a verdict of, of a heart attack. I... I have requested a, um, a private autopsy to be carried out, just to be sure. I think that's um, a good idea. But, uh, yes, Dr. John Wheatcroft is in charge of the autopsy. Dr. And John Wheatcroft, he's another person we should speak to. Uh, yes, you'll find him down at the uh, university morgue. Ask him to double-check there's nothing missing, like oh. face or <laughs> skin of any kind. Well, I'm sure you're welcome to speak to him yourself. Or the penis! <laughs> yeah. Obviously not, I'm joking. This is a joke. Quiet. I, 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 Why did I say how was he killed? I don't know. Being in a, I've been in America for three days, and it seems to have had the most profound effect on me already. I can't. <laughs> and I, I'm a librarian. I'm not quite sure precisely why. But, you know, one must do one's mm, best. Ms. Montrose, you got to understand. We got Dr. Got Montrose, ways. thank you, sir. Dr. Montrose, we got different ways of doing things to what you got there in England. I beg your pardon? No, I, I see, we've got different ways of doing things here. Uh-huh. So, you know, it may take you a little bit of time to, to get accustomed to... Uh, to oh, uh, thank you for explaining that to me, sir. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure, my pleasure. Any any time, any time. I, I got a question, Dean. Just uh, yes. one thing. Uh, you say... Uh, He's smoking by now. <laughs> I'm just shifting my chair away from Patrick. I think I'm definitely... He's definitely... Dr. Stiveg is definitely smoking and blowing large amounts of smoke past Kirk's sleep so that the light catches it in, in great kind of shafts... Chiroscuro. ...of noir chiroscuro. <laughs> Uh, yes, Mister. Yeah, I got. I, I, I got a question. Um, you, you see, um, so the, Dr. Leiter was was found in, in, in his office. Do we, do you know what he was working on at the time? Did he have his notes in in front of him? Was he? Uh, uh, that is a question for Miss Court, I believe. I think we got a lot of questions for well, Miss Court. I, I mean, so. Oh, okay, okay. I see. I'm, I'm just surprised that you know. I take it Miss Court wasn't the only one who, 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 uh, who was in in the room after after she found his his body. I mean, Doctor Steinweg springs to his full five foot five inches, uh, a figure in in black with blade like nose and sparkling eyes, and he says. Don't do that, you give me a heart attack. Well, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, it is a tendency of mine. Uh, but Dr. Montrose, perhaps you would accompany me down to the office. His office, the man who is dead. And I think it is wise that we start there. Yes, Professor Later, yes, let's go and seek out his assistant, this young Ophelia. She may uh, prove useful. Yes, very well, Doctor. Of- Ophelia? Who's Ophelia? Well, is this just, I think this is just a dramatic uh, expression, is it? You are invoking the name of the lover of Hamlet. You really should read a little. Court. Oh, I, th- I thought that was... Uh, Amelia. Amelia. That may be Amelia. I thought you were being Amelia. very... Ophelia's the red-haired one. That's who I'm in this of. ear here. <laughs> she is her left leg. She's limped in. My left ear is a little trick. Dear. Fal- Fallon, maybe now you're getting an impression why I choose to work alone. <laughs> I uh, I would prefer to rely on the group's expertise. Uh, and sure, restraint. sure. But, you know, I keep notes. I keep notes. I know when a woman is called Amelia or Ophelia. I know when. Of course. Uh, Sorry, dear, my handwriting, you know, it's, <laughs> I can't read it myself at the best of times. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this case goes if we get caught up by someone's handwriting. <laughs> Notes. Uh, could I prevail upon you, Dean, to borrow a pencil? Uh, I seem to have, um, my, mine seems to have uh, broken. Uh, I have he snatches a pencil and hands it to you and says, <laughs> thank you. You can keep it. Oh, Listen, that's, that's very kind of you. That's a good oh, that's, that's that's generous for academia. Oh, that's a good I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, if anyone wants to, um, you're all listening to that diatribe um, to retcon slightly. If anyone wants to do a psychology role, I was just um, about to ask if I could do that. Actually, you can indeed. Because yeah, um, I am wondering if there's uh, if, if there's anything else you feel uh, that we should know. Uh, I have the keen eye of a professional. 
a so-called professional. Uh, yeah, no, I failed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was going to ask if I could take him aside while this was going on, but if it's just a question of sort of observing him, yeah. yeah well, if you yeah, if if um, you can always take him aside at the end of the meeting if you want to, but um, if you want to roll as well, you can. Yeah, I'll roll. Hooey! No, failed. <laughs> Ludicrous. <laughs> the psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> My interior monologue quite clearly tells me is that he is hiding something, but uh, that's from your marvelous performance. Uh, so I, I don't know what I'm getting a bit meta talking about you, but so you're saying that you failed? Uh, no, I, I would like to study him, but I'm going to create a, uh, a chaff and flare by standing here, and um, I'm offering my hand to Dr. Montrose, and I say to, I turn to Mr. Duck, Professor Duckworth, and I say, Professor Duckworth, is there anything that that we have missed? And then I stare very intently, quite obviously at Fallon. Can I make a psychology roll on Steinbeck? <laughs> Strange fellow that he is. <laughs> I don't think we'll know until we've read his journals and spoken to his assistant. It's a strong start, chaps. Zero six. Oh. Oh! Hello. Um, when Dr. Montrose asked about how he died, how um, Lighter died, and he said it was a heart attack, there was a, a momentary hesitation that suggested he is not completely convinced and then to order a private autopsy suggests that he's definitely not convinced that it was just a heart attack well listen I think we all know it wasn't a heart attack it wasn't a simple heart attack I think it doesn't need a psych, psycho psychoanalysis to work out that it was uh, do, you, do you say that out loud? <laughs> no <laughs> That's your hard-boiled in a monomark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but Doctor Steinweg does does say, no, no, not now. Don't talk to me now. Uh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? Yes. What did you say? What out loud? <laughs> <laughs> I beg your pardon, Professor Duckworth. Have we missed anything? I don't believe so. I don't believe there's much more information here. Perhaps with the assistant. Perhaps in his papers. That's where we'll find the clues. I think we got a lot of leads to get started on. Uh, yes. you know, we we want to speak to Roach, Court, Wheatcroft, check out the office, maybe check out the home, the cottage. Not, no offense, uh, Dean, Fallon, but, uh, you know, maybe you didn't see everything in the cottage. Maybe there's some more to be found. So there's a few leads to look into. I think we got enough to get started with. Now, listen, I got a question. Tell me, Mahoney. Uh, you, you served? You guys served? Uh, sleep. Do you figure we're better as a five? Split two ways? How do you want to play? Uh, I reckon we can cover more ground if we split two ways, but uh, we, we want to make sure we're asking the right questions. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We need to ask the right questions. But, you know, I don't want to, no, no offense to these uh, academics, but, you know, you served, you know, you know, police work. Sounds like you, you're good at old-fashioned, good old-fashioned police work. So maybe you want to take one of these, two of these people. I'd take another one and we maybe split our forces and start with uh, speaking to, you know, Wheatcroft and Court, say, people we can find here at the university and then regroup. Yeah, that that that's, that sounds like a, uh, that sounds like a sound approach to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, well uh, Detective Sleep I, and, and Detective Mahoney. Um, oh, I'm, I'm not a detective. No, I'm and actually, uh, <laughs> legally, I'm not a detective either, so... Investigators, <laughs> pragmatists. I, Mr. Mahoney and Mr. Sleep, is this how I should address P- you? Call me PJ. Call me PJ. PJ. Calls me PJ. You can just call me Sleep. PJ, Sleep. Um, is it... Is it acceptable that um, I would very much... Oh, sorry. I thought you were giving me <laughs> oh, an instruction. Not, not an instruction. It's the tendency in the Germanic tongue. I sound a little bit like an imperative. You ever, you ever do that hypnosis? I, I, I feel oh, yeah, like yeah, I, I had yeah. this uncontrollable desire to follow your, your, your command. I was, very, I was cautious, actually, because I wondered if one of your eyes was actually made of glass. Uh, not as far as I know. No, no, no. They're both made of eye. You, you remind me of the man I know back in um, Köln named Falk. Peter Falk. Yeah. He has a glass eye. And sometimes you remind me of him, particularly when you do your, mm, I want to ask a question. Anyway, um, but to get back to my point, I'd very much like to sit in the chair of the dead man. And this is not a metaphor. This is literal. Oh. You 
you, you literally want to sit in his chair. So whoever would like to come to the office, I'd very much like them to accompany me and sit in that chair. Well, I, I should like to go down and take a look at his work, so. It's very, very wise, yeah. Well, you know, how about uh, Mahoney? Do you want to take uh, Montrose and Steinweg down to the office and uh, see if you can get hold of Amelia Court? And maybe yeah. uh, Duckworth and I could go and see if we can speak to this John yeah. Wheatcroft about the autopsy. Uh, th- that sounds like a, a plan. If that's all right yeah. with you, yeah. Professor Duckworth. Yes, yes. Just be sure that you collect any journals or any recent writings of his. They'd be very interesting to look over. And then, Mr. Mahoney, you you know Miss uh, Miss Court. Oh, I beg sorry, your pardon. I beg your pardon. That handwriting again, Miss Court. You're acquainted with her. <laughs> uh, I I know her to, to to see and say hello. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. To well, good best. She sees a friendly face. I shouldn't want to upset her any further, as she was well acquainted with Professor Leiter. Yes. Yes, she was. She had. Uh, she had been his uh, his secretary for a number of years. Uh, I, and she was. She was very upset. Very very cut up uh, when when he passed away. Uh, so uh, I think uh, tact and diplomacy would be uh, would be the way to go with with her. I also know. I also know Miss Court quite well. But I suppose if it's a a friendly face you're looking for. <laughs> uh, well, yes. Very troll. Yeah, no, no, no offense, Duckworth, but yeah. beauty is but skin deep, uh, Doctor Duckworth. Uh, beauty is but skin deep. It's what in, it's what's inside that counts. No, nonetheless, I'd prefer it if you did keep that mask on. <laughs> I, I do have. I, I agree. You know, a, friend, a friendly face would be best. An unfriendly face would be second best. No face at all would be bottom of the pile. Really, we want. Believe me, yeah. I keep it on for everyone else's comfort, not my own. I believe it. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, Dean. I got, I got another question, and uh, you know, you know, maybe he's already show. walked to the door and opened uh, it. Uh, <laughs> just one, one, one last thing. Um, yes, <laughs> my wife loves you. <laughs> <laughs> um, these, uh, these, what are they? These, uh, these papers? These are Arkham. What, what was it? Witch trial papers? Uh, yes. Um, how how will we well, know the Hob House papers? I believe. The Hob House papers. How what do they, what do they look like? What 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 exactly oh, are we uh, um, looking for here? I'm not a hundred percent clear on on their exact appearance. I believe they're a bound uh, loose leaf manuscript. Um, loose leaf. I may not. I I, I you not. You don't mean they're made out of leaves, do you? They're paper. Yeah. C- correct. I, I believe it's loose papers that have been been bound with a leather. Um, and 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 they're real old, yeah. <laughs> real old indeed. Yes, um, Doctor Leiter was an expert in um, colonial era uh, history. Oh, so uh, ranging f- up to um, the seventeen hundreds uh, and as far back as the fifteen hundreds, I believe. Well, that is very much my field of expertise. I'd be curious to see his work. Well, uh, yes, the the uh, the the Hobhouse Arkham Witch Trial papers. Um, they, I, I believe, it's a, a leather folio and it's a sheaf of some. 60 or so unbound pages. Could I possibly make some sort of history role to see if I'd heard of these things, if it's a notable set of documents that's been handed down from family to family, potentially, unless its existence has only very recently come to light or whatever, but, you know, this this colonial era is very much sort of what Dr. Montrose is about. Okay. Absolutely. I will give you a history role. Uh, 71... 71 is, I think, a fail. Yes, it's a fail. I'm not going to spend a lot. Yeah, with your fail, what you do dis- discern is that it must be pretty obscure for you not yeah. to know about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's niche. It's local as well, because obviously there's the Salem witch trials. There's a lot of documentation there. But you know there are there were witch trials in Arkham, but there's not much documentation. So it would be, if they exist and they're real... They'd be worth a mint. All right, cool. Can I just check a note thing in terms of spelling? Also, since you've been saying that, Doug, as mm. Montrose, is it the Hob House or is it Hob House as in a Hob House family? Hob House family. So it's, it's come from the Hob House family to the Cobb family. Oh, oh, oh it's, it's just one word, Hob House. Yeah. 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 Ah, right, okay. Right, okay. Um, and they lived at the Hob House house. Yeah, so they lived at the Hob House. <laughs> Up at Hob House house farm. 
Now I don't know what's true. But it's Excellent. It's glorious. <laughs> yes, I'm not. I can't recall these things. There are lots of that sort of thing around, but I'm sure when I see uh, his work, it will become clearer. Thank you, Professor. Do your very best, I'm sure. Like I say, um, if I could get daily reports from you, that would be much appreciated. The sooner the better. If you get it done quickly, there'll be bonuses for everyone. Um, Bonus, you say? He, he, he looks at you like he almost forgot you were there and says, Yes, bonuses for everyone. And uh, <laughs> ushers you out. Oh, it's, my, it's my grandkids' birthday coming up soon. Huh? Well, that'll certainly come in handy. I'm not a bonus. A few, a few more dollars in the pocket will not go, miss. Uh, oh, <laughs> I feel sorry for PJ. Uh, <laughs> good luck. And he, he uh, and if you need anything, you can speak to my secretary or come and see me directly. And he shuts the door. And remind us the name of your secretary. Oh, he shut the door in my face. Pamela. As he as he does that, she emerges from around a corner. Yeah. Oh. Uh, ah. Uh, a successful meeting. Oh, Pam. It was just fantastic. Pamela, please. Um. Good. Good. <laughs> um, well. Um, uh, Pam, do you think you could uh, direct uh, Professor Duckworth and myself to uh, the? The university morgue. Is that where we might find uh, the Wheatcroft? Uh, Dr. Wheatcroft. Dr. Uh, Wheatcroft, that's right. The, uh, university coroner, yes, as well as a physician. Um, yes, I can, I, can, uh, I can show you from here, actually. And she walks over to the window and she says, if you see uh, just over the, the, um, the mound there with the trees? That's right. And there's like a, there's a sort of bowl of, in the earth where the mist is sort of collected, and there's a slow, squat brick building with a chimney. And that's the, um, that's the, the morgue attached to the um, scientific laboratories. Crematorium, right? That looks like a crematorium. There is a crematorium uh, as part of the building, yes. Well, there's the morgue, the crematorium, and, and then at the front there are the scientific laboratories. Let's hope we're not too late, eh, Duckworth? I, um, I just stare at him. Obviously, I knew where that was anyway, but um, <laughs> I'm just going to stand <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, she, she smiles at Mr. Sleep and then she turns and sort of smiles at Dr. Duckworth and steps backwards. And I say, um, we haven't booked in your next session yet, Pamela. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot better, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I bet he has, like, the quickest recovery. <laughs> one session, everyone, one session, they're cured. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. Th- thank you, Pamela. How's that young gentleman of yours? Is, uh, is he doing okay? Did he get that job he was going for? Uh, yes, yes, thank you, um... PJ, yes, he did. He, oh, uh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Uh, yes, he's going to be a, a fireman. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good <laughs> occupation to be. The world needs firemen. There's always always fires to be put out. That's right. Uh, it's dangerous, but uh, it pays well, and it's a good job and uh, a good uh, dental plan. Well, you know what this? What they say, Mahoney? If you ain't got the brains to join the police, you join the fire. <laughs> Now they don't say that. Sleep. <laughs> Winks at him. You know they don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, just my little joke. Has, has he popped? Has he popped the question yet? Has he done it? Has uh, he, not, has he not, gone down yeah. on the knee? Not yet, Mister Mahoney. He's been. We've been focused on this uh, job thing. Sure. Well, that's good news. That's good news. I'm very, very happy for you. He kind of takes takes her hand in his. Very happy for you, Bama. Very happy, and and for you, and for your young man. And, uh, yes. Thank yes. you. Um, well, uh, you should probably get on. Oh, yes, yes, we should go, yes. Was that was that Doug sneering or was that Dr. Montrose sneering at that action? I, I couldn't work out whether that was... Uh, was that something that we were all visibly seeing? Sneering? So. Who was sneering? Slight sneer of disgust. <laughs> that I think Steinweg is, uh, is very taken in that moment by Montrose nods. He um, he takes out a little um, he takes out a little tin once he's outside of the office, and he he dabs his finger in it. Oh yeah. And then he and then he puts the tin back in, and then he does this to his gums. <laughs> oh God. What what's in the tin? <laughs> I think you know perfectly well what's in the tin. <laughs> what? What's in the uh, what's in the tin there, doctor? <laughs> But it isn't um, is have you got a toothache? Not toothache. No, it is well. St- I mean, it is it is um, some coca, 
Um, I know technically it is. Um, I have to have a very complicated prescription for it <laughs> here uh-huh. in the United States. Uh-huh. Believe me. Yeah. Would you Would you like some? No, 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 no. Thank you. I'm 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 fine for now. Of course, during the uh, the training with the Austro-Hungarian army, uh, would you like to take my arm or help you happy to walk alone? Oh, that's very kind of you, Doctor. Yes, yes. Of course. Yeah, here. Um, and he he doesn't really use his silver cane to lean on it. He just kind of he tucks the silver ca- silver-headed cane uh, over the top of his arm as well as he walks with you. Now, when I was training with the Austro-Hungarian army, it was of course considered to be the wonder drug, and and he begins to reel off such nonsense, and I won't bore you all with Can it. Can I check? <clears throat> I've assumed it's I've assumed it's first thing in the morning. But is that... It's like late morning. Yeah. Okay. Um, like 11. While that's been going on, I've just started walking towards the stairs. Because I'm a bit slow with my cane anyway, but I think I've seen enough, so I'm just waiting for sleep to follow. Fine. And I just say, uh, I say, Mahoney, we, uh, maybe oh. we meet back up in uh, university, I guess, maybe it's got a bar. We could meet up, maybe come back up. Uh, the cafeteria right there. That's the cafeteria. cafeteria for maybe yeah. a liquid lunch when we... Student uh, uh, A glass of milk, perhaps, yes. yes. Yeah, like beer milk. <laughs> or, or milk beer. Well, if you're looking for beer milk, I think the, you might want to check out the, the north side. Uh, if you, uh, well, anyway, you're more likely we to get some beer milk. Meet back in the cafeteria in, uh, you know, in a few hours when we both... Well, what, what say, um, one o'clock? What time is it now? Oh, is it 11 o'clock? It's two hours, that, yes. That sounds good to me. I reckon I got enough till then, and I um, take a swig of my hip flask. I say, yeah, I got enough till about then. <laughs> Well, you want to keep your wits about you. Sleep, remember. No, we've got to keep sharp. Otherwise, that's you don't right. want anything to, to go past your eye. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, Mahoney. Yeah, anyway. Uh, I love this dynamic. As he says that, you realise I've disappeared completely. Dark <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, worth to appear later. <laughs> well, uh, doc- Dr. Steinwig, uh, uh, Dr. Miss Montrose... Uh, uh, shall we? Uh, shall we uh, uh, adjourn? Lead on, Mister Mahoney. Yes, yes. Yeah, so f- follow me. So, um, <laughs> so if I'm right, uh, Mahoney, Montrose, and Steinweg are going to the office uh, to Lighter's office. Is that right? <laughs> and sleep and Duckworth are going to the morgue. Um, Duckworth and sleep. Horrible. Duckworth and sleep is like yeah. a kind of Dickensian. Uh, um, company, but I'm... talk up and sleep. Go to the morgue. <laughs> sleep at the morgue. That sounds good. You find your way through it, the um, the sort of the the west wing of Miskatonic University's main building, where the sort of humanities sections are, and somewhere on the third floor, um, third American floor, there is. Um, a cluster of, of of offices and lecture halls that are given over largely to the history department. And at the back of one of these corridors, there's a, there's a long row of, of, of doors that are all uh, staff offices. And about halfway down, you, you come past a, a door, uh, a frosted glass door that says, um, it's got a list of names on, uh, one of which is um, Professor Harland Roach. And then the door beyond that is ajar, and there is a man in blue overalls uh, crouched. Uh, he's sort of kneeling on a on a uh, on a on a soft pad, and he's got a little a small a really tiny chisel, and he's and a bit of sandpaper, and he's sort of doing something to the door. Yeah. As you get closer, you realise it's uh, Mahoney. Just shakes his head. He's taking uh, he's taking Charles Leiter's name off the door. <sighs> Hey, 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 the man is not even been put in the ground yet, and you're taking his name off the door. I got orders. I got orders from uh, from the department. <sighs> Who is, is it? Is it that, that Dr. Roach? Is he, uh, has he told you to do this? Yes, Dr. Roach is moving in. and, uh, and um... he, He's moving in, is he? Uh, has the dean approved that? Has that all, all the paperwork gone through for that? I got I got it in triplicate. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I haven't spoken to the dean, but, you know. Terrible thing, terrible. I'm just doing my job. I know, I know you're just doing your job. I know, it's, it's, uh, you don't mind Sorry, me. Sorry, let me get up. Are you trying to get in here? Yeah, the, the, the dean has directed us to the office to have a look amongst Professor Leiter's things. We'll uh, not get in your way. 
do I recognise this guy who's, who's um, the janitor? Is, um, custodian? Maybe, yeah, he's he's on the custodial staff. I guess. What, is it custodial staff? Uh, yeah, let's he's say. on the... Uh, is that a word? Yeah, let's say. Let's say he's a handed man. Dr. Montrose is listened to, you know, Dr. Steinweg spout off and she smiles and nods in all the right places. This happens a lot. So she patiently... <laughs> Happily indulges you, seemingly. Well, Doctor Shelby, take a look and see what we can see. Indeed, indeed, yes. Forgive me. I fear that I may have been masking something that I did not wish to speak about here. <clears throat> Thank you for listening. Uh, let us begin. Uh, ladies first, I say, but I look at uh, Mahoney when I say that. Um, uh, 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 after you, um, uh, doc, uh, Doctor Montrose. Yes, um, uh, uh, say you, you ain't you ain't seen um, uh, the secretary around, have you? Um, hey, Bud. Oh yeah, good idea. Oh, um, um, uh, Amelia Court, Miss Court. What the the young the young lady? Yeah, she's in she's in the side room just there, and he points into the oh. office. Oh. oh. And you can hear actually someone moving around in there. Sounds like someone's like moving books and boxes. Feeling dank? Chap, chap on the door then. Um, come in. Oh, miss, miss, miss Court, Miss Court, it, it, it's only me, BJ Mahoney. Um, we met. Oh yeah, yeah, we we I, we met. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm on the security uh, staff here at the at the university. Uh, she sort of gestures to your uniform and says, oh, "Of course." Yes, yes, yes. Um, I don't mean to uh, to disturb you, my dear. Um, but uh, there's a a lady and a, a gentleman uh, that are here with me, and uh, they they would like uh, they've been asked by by the dean to uh, take a just to take a look into a, a couple of matters. Uh, regarding uh, the the late the late professor's uh, work and his uh, and and that that sort of thing, if uh, if it's not too much trouble just at the moment. Oh, of course, I understand. Um, yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, um, the um the dean has already been here. Yes. Yes. He he, he asked. He, he, it's not his speciality, as it were. And uh, and uh, Doctor Doctor Montrose here is uh, pleased to meet you, dear. Yes, dear Montrose. I, uh, I I studied a similar field to the the late professor, and uh, the dean perhaps thought I could cast an eye and indeed talk with yourself on the nature of his research. Oh, well, form would be uh, or, or work accepted. a little bit if that's if that's quite all right. I I don't want to catch you. I I know that you're still upset. The, well, it's uh, perhaps sudden death. It was a shock. Yes, you 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 found the doctor, didn't you, um, Miss? Yes. Uh, as I understand it, yes. Yes, I did. Well, um, um, uh, are you are you okay, Miss? It was. Um, you seem awful cut up about it. No, it's fine. I just uh, I haven't really had chance to um, think about it much, and it was. No. It was. It was unpleasant. Well, how how's about I I make you a nice cup of coffee, and we can we can sit down, and and you can tell me all about it. Uh, how does that sound? Oh, that sounds um, uh, very nice. Yeah, I yeah. have a. I have a a, a a coffee pot and a and a hot plate in my um. Oh well, let's let's do that then, and and and, and we'll we'll leave the, the two doctors to their to, to to their academic pursuits. We'll we'll just get on with having a wee look around, if that's all right, dear. Of course. Um, uh, please be careful. You don't um, if if you find anything, please do put it back where it was. I'm still packing, young um, young but young lady. I'm a librarian. Don't don't you worry. Oh, good good. In fact, I might. She visibly relaxes at that. New to the faculty, uh, an exchange from the Mitchell in Glasgow. Yes. Oh, how, how wonderful! I uh, maybe I'll get to visit. Oh, that would be wonderful. And uh, with pleasantries exchanged, she goes about having a look uh, at the work, at the texts, at anything she can find as notes. Yeah. W- well, um, the room is. Uh, it's a. Uh, 
it's a modest office, uh, not relatively nicely appointed. It's got um, a nice desk in one corner. Um, there's a there's a fireplace and a mantle. Um, but as you walk across the room, there's a crunch underfoot, and you realise that there is a lot of broken glass by the fireplace. The mirror has shattered. Mm. Oh, look at this. A broken mirror, that's uh, bad luck. So the superstitious types might say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, very interesting as well in terms of what might have been the cause of such things. Uh, uh, tell me, Doctor, can you see anything else that is broken around here? Is a frame? Is there, I don't know. Is there anything else broken or is it just very specifically this mirror? Are you uh, are you examining the mirror? Or are you just uh, yeah, now I'm, having a look around the rest of the room? Now, now my attention has been drawn to it by the good uh, Dr. Montrose, I think. And also with his fascination with um, the world beyond the mirror, I think that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's pure stuff for Steinweg. So yeah, he's... No doubt he says, you know, the double is a fascinating thing, is it not? Doppelganger. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's a, originally a folkloric tradition, of course, but uh, most useful for the uh, construct of the psyche and and indeed the concept of the persona. I'm sure you are familiar with these um, ideas. I wonder what Jungian archetypes and all that sort of thing. Yes, th- that yes, sort of thing. Yes, exactly. Sort of thing. The passing familiarity with the. Uh... It's the work of Dr. Jung and uh, others. Quite possibly more than my own, but <laughs> I'm about to pretend I'm an expert in it. So here we go. Uh, also, we have the mirror, and it has been either broken or smashed, but nothing else seems to be smashed around here. Shall I have a spot hidden, perhaps? Of course. It's not, it's not my highlights. The other, actually, the other things in the room that I should probably point out, the, there is the fireplace. It looks like there's been a fire in there relatively recently. It looks dirty, actually. It looks like it needs the flu needs cleaning or something, um, which is underneath the broken mirror. Uh, so you would have certainly seen that as you look down to see the broken glass. There's also a fairly large piece of artwork on uh, one of the walls that is avant-garde. Something Hieronymus Bosch about it. It's um, but it's not a Bosch. It's I don't know what your tastes are, but it's definitely surreal. It's a challenging piece of art. A challenging piece. <laughs> <laughs> For a history professor. This is not, not normal, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, not Shipley. Luckily, Dr. Jonas Steinweg has no idea what that might be. I don't know about Montrose. Uh, I don't know. Uh, not art. Not really, no. Glasgow's is very famous for its art, is it? It is. Sorry, how did you get on with the spot? Well, I was just going to double check whether is oh. this just for the um, mirror or is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just for the mirror. That's the one. That's the one. He's he's actually been totally hooked by Montrose's spot there. So if Montrose, if you want to do something else, well, she remarks on it in a, a fairly passing way, but seems intent. Not so much on that, but um, the work and you know the yeah. academic papers and things like that. So she's not so much looking for anything mysterious or hidden. Yeah. So the focal points are really the desk, there's a filing cabinet, uh, there's a there's a small bookcase, there's the artwork, there's the fireplace, there's the mirror. But if um, if Steinweg's having a look at the mirror, uh, you can give me a spot hidden, and if Montrose is sort of going through the, I presume going through the filing cabinet and the desk and stuff, then uh, spot hidden for that as well. Oh, yes. Uh, new, 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 new. Okay. Mine is... Um, mm, mine is... Uh, oh, it's nearly a it's nearly a hard success, and in the spirit of the game, I'm going to spend some luck and make it a hard. Um, so I spent <clears throat> one point of luck. <laughs> so um, always spend one. Worth point. it. Worth always it. spend one. Well, Doctor Montrose, um, even though you don't succeed on your spot hidden, you do notice some things. You notice that. A search through the filing cabinet reveals that there are f- there are clear areas where files should be, and they are missing. And it's not like a case of... It's otherwise pretty well-kept filing system. You suspect they must have been removed, which isn't impossible, but or, or possibly 
uh, they've been lost or something. But it looks like there's stuff missing that, that should be there. She knows filing. She knows when filing looks suspect. She knows what letters <laughs> should have, like, loads and loads. Everything ends up in C for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. It does. So, You're still yeah. right. Uh, okay. Hmm, that's curious, I would have thought there would have been some uh, more documentation here. Perhaps here. It's almost as though some things have been removed. Hmm. As for Dr. Steinweg, your observation is different. You, um, you notice, as you sort of examine this mirror, there's something, something a little odd about the nature of its breaking. It doesn't look like someone's punched it. It doesn't look like someone's thrown something at it. It, it has a quality of glass when you're... If you're washing glass in, in the water's too hot and you take it out and it cools too quickly and it cracks. There's something of that about it because you notice that parts of the mirror have actually melted. Just did little bits, but definitely melted and then cooled. And there is, there's still a fair bit of mirror still in the frame and it's very tarnished... It's a, clearly a tarnished antique mirror. And as you stare into it, stare into yourself, perhaps, with your hard success, you see... Behind you, you can see Dr Montrose going through the filing cabinet, and she turns round and says, there's some files, you know, everything ends up in C, and then turns back, and as she turns back... There is a face just looking over her shoulder right next to her and the face has no eyes and you recognise it probably as Dr Leiter. Yeah, because I've been on campus for a little bit of time so I have actually seen the man. And now I'm... And it's, it's eerie because it's, it's one of those things where you, you don't, you don't want to turn around straight away. You, you, you know, you imagine this sort of thing. You think you turn around and he's not there, but you just stare into the mirror for quite a while and you sort of have this opportunity to study him and he's just... And then he takes a step forwards and maybe that's when you turn and indeed there is no one there. This was an Apocalypse Players production. For more information about the podcast, go to apocalypseplayers.com. Thanks for listening.